0: Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment, and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore This Is My Generation. afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to. Welcome back. Today we are diving into a topic that's pretty essential, I think, for the success of every homeschool family. Lesson planning and organization. A drab of content, right? Um, I feel like it's one of those topics that we know we need to listen to and embrace, but sometimes it feels better to avoid. Hopefully I'm not the only one there. And of course, like let me preface this, but I think I'm recording my longest episode to date with like my worst allergy attack. (laughs) Like we've, so if you listen to the first episode, we've been here, we've been back in Florida for a year. We were in Massachusetts for two. We were here for like four before that, like I've kind of gone back and forth. And then I was in Tennessee for a year. And like, basically my, my sinuses and my allergies, like, don't know where I am. Don't know what to do with each pollen and we were at our um CC co-op on Tuesday and like everybody was like that everybody was like walking around like apologizing like we're not sick we're not sick. And so hopefully this goes well. Um I'll have Christian edit out any <laughs> areas where I need to like you know cough and collect myself. But anyways, I hope you've been enjoying these episodes. I have been really enjoying the feedback and really enjoying making them for you. Um it's been exciting and humbling to see my like two hundred and fifty downloads to date, um, and so thank you for sharing it. Thank you for listening, please, please, please rate. Um, I would be just so appreciative so let's let's just get into it. I think like as new homeschool families, myself included and those just starting out, like it's very normal to feel overwhelmed by the idea of planning and organizing for our kids' education and like really just knowing where to start. but my goal in this episode is to guide you through the process and provide you with. Truly actionable tips to make the planning and organization process like way less stressful and perhaps even fun, dare I say it. (laughs) Uh, Because I know for someone like me who's naturally inclined towards organization, it's still been a lot of stuff to manage, and I only have one child. So I do want to spend time in the beginning just understanding some of the common challenges and like mindset shifts and reminding us of the importance of building from a strong foundation. As we approach the details within this type of topic on lesson planning and and organization, because most of us experience some level of stress, overwhelm, and even like fear that come with embarking on this educational journey of homeschooling our kids, right? I mean, it's likely part of what brought you here in the first place, the transition from Traditional schooling to homeschooling requires a mindset shift. It's a shift from that structured school system to the flexibility and freedom of homeschooling. And we talked about this last week with the fear of missing out and the shiny object syndrome and the overall shift we need to make as homeschooling parents who were raised ourselves in traditional school and or have kids coming out of traditional school. But we want to keep this front and center as we discuss planning and organization because we are not trying to replicate the traditional classroom. Or not. You might choose to for a reason that aligns with your goals and beliefs and such, but that's not the majority of homeschoolers. And speaking of those goals and beliefs, like lesson plans and curriculum choices and just how we organize our space must, must come from a foundation that we have built, at least in our minds, if nothing else. It, all becomes, it, it needs to begin with that clear vision and an educational philosophy that aligns with your family values. And I believe that in the importance of it so much, that's why I dedicate like the entire first two modules of our harvest program to this. Like inside Harvest, we spend time working through templates and prompts to really define that educational philosophy, our homeschooling vision, the goals, the mission statement we even craft, because everything flows from that. It's like trying to harvest plants without sowing seeds first. Get it? <laughs> uh harvest program. I mean, I tell you, I've, I've got a sense of humor, but anyways, um, it's the, it's the, the flonies. we'll, we'll, we'll blame it on that. But knowing your child's learning preferences and strength is also crucial in these early days of homeschooling. Like what's the outcome of a football coach who prepared for a game by doing drills with players that he assigned to positions before he got to observe them play? Like sounds like a loss at best. And likely confusion and frustration on the part of the players, right? Like who wants to be told how to work without the opportunity to discuss or show your skills? Like we can't approach homeschooling preparations in the same way. But Dr. Bell, my kid, you know, is already two grade levels behind from public school and and I've got to catch him up and I don't have time for all this theoretical stuff. Like I I can hear that. I can picture somebody thinking that and I hear you, but you also can't afford not to. Like, I even apply this to my faith, I think, in my prayer life. Like, I'm homeschooling Josiah with my two-year-old Levi now home, too. And building this business at night and Saturdays, and I'm teaching at a university to make Ed's meet, and I also do spark deliveries from Walmart in between. And many days, like, I feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. So how, how could I possibly make time for myself, my Bible, my devotionals in the morning? But simply put, like, I can't afford not to. The piece that I do have would disappear, and it would just open the door for me personally for other things that I don't want to replace it with. So you just need to make it a priority and do it and know that it will pay dividends in the long run. And the same goes for goal setting and curriculum. So for the sake of time, just remember, it all comes back to building that strong foundation and aligning all of your decisions. Okay, so now that we've established the need for a strong foundation, let's dive into the nitty-gritty of lesson planning. But before you start planning lessons, there's one more thing. It's crucial to observe and understand how your child learns and operates in the home classroom setting. So it's probably, I don't know, I'd say like, top five, at least on the type of questions that I hear from new homeschoolers and that I see in some of these large groups that I'm a part of. It's, well, what kind of curriculum would you recommend for reading? Because we're really struggling. But like, if you haven't had the opportunity to actually observe your child yet, then how would you possibly know what recommendations to take or what opinions would even matter? Like doing this, this observation will help you tailor your plans to their needs. Like we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to this next month. Although I feel like I'm just going to have to double up like episodes here soon, but observing your child's learning preferences involves like very attentively noticing their reactions or interests and engagement during various activities, right? Like encouraging them to express their thoughts through open-ended questions or just offering a variety of learning experiences to gauge their responses, like paying attention to their preferred learning environment, really, like the style. And and I say this because I've mentioned this before, We we say learning preferences over learning style. So it's just visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Like those are at the heart of it, preferences. They are not styles to be boxed into. We do that in traditional classroom because it's entirely impossible for a single teacher or multiple teachers coming in and out of groups of 30, 60 plus students to individualize to that degree. But observing your child's learning preferences for all of those things, just really Observing the challenges that they face and knowing their body language while learning, like the topics of interest they have, the pace, the resources, like just keep track of all of these things so you can identify patterns and then make your informed decisions. Because by understanding their unique learning preferences, you're going to be able to tailor your homeschooling approach to be able to create that customized and engaging space. And that includes like the lesson planning and organization that you do. So before you dive into all of that, like not only do you have the the strong foundational stuff that you need to do, but you also need to do the observation. Trust me, like this stuff doesn't take months and months and months. I mean, it can, but like, once you already have a sense of this, because even after two weeks of just basic review lessons with Josiah, like I already have a decent feel like breaking down the lesson planning process into manageable steps becomes much easier. And then with that, you're setting yourself up for creating that structured routine while still being able to maintain flexibility, which we talk passionately about, that consistency and flexibility, which we know it's a balance, but that's it's what suits so many homeschool families well, right? Okay, so nitty-gritty, I promise, the practical stuff. Organizing your homeschool space is truly the next step in creating an effective learning environment, like a clutter-free, dedicated space can significantly impact your child's focus and productivity. And so I just want to take a minute to talk about like the importance of organization because it really is a cornerstone, I believe, of successful homeschooling. A well-organized homeschool space is what's going to enhance productivity, reduce your stress. It's going to create a, just a conducive environment for learning. And when everything has its place and routines are established, both the kids and the parents can focus on the joy of learning rather than dealing with clutter or confusion and that organized homeschool space also fosters a sense of routine and structure and just helping us transition from traditional schooling, whether you were doing it before or you know your mind is sort of trained into it, into now this home-based learning. So how do we do that? How do we what are the practical steps that we need to set this up? Choose the right location. Select a quiet, comfortable area in the home. Ideally, it should have minimal distractions and be well-lit and designate a specific area for homeschooling. This is what helps create a clear boundary between, I think, just learning time and other activities. It, it promotes focus and engagement. Now, I preface this because be sure you're not adding anything to this that I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that this should be a Pinterest-worthy open floor plan that's like only used for homeschooling, right? Rather, it's about having enough structure that can be adapted when needed and is suited to your goals. Like, if you're completely unschooling, this episode is not really practical, right? Like, there's, there's tips that just probably don't have much relevance to you. You also didn't hear me say anything about money or home size or square footage. Like, you can have a one-bedroom apartment with three kids and designate the round breakfast table at the kitchen or wherever it might be like as the homeschooling spot or that quiet library corner, that's just about being consistent. It's about setting expectations. And these are best practice ideal scenario. Like these tips are by no means like an end all be all homeschooling won't work if it's not organized in this manner. So I just, I felt the need to really say that clearly because it's about taking what you have the capacity for, right? You hear me say this before any of these things, if they ever feel stressful to you, then you're not at that stage to adopt them yet. But some people really do just need to hear like the importance of taking the time to organize your space and how it might be like the, the crux of shifting the entire learning environment for your child. Right. So after that, it's minimal clutter, just keeping the homeschool space clutter free, organize Declutter regularly to ensure that, you know, only the necessary materials are present and you're just reducing visual distractions for your child. This includes functional furniture, like where possible, invest in things like sturdy desks, comfortable chairs, shelves for storage. Ensure the furniture supports proper posture and ergonomics. And then you got to think about storage solutions, you know, bins, shelves, drawers and organizers to just keep supplies, books and materials tidy and easily accessible. Like my first step was literally just to grab a few organizational bins. Um, I have like two stackable bins from the target, uh, dollar store, not dollar store, but you know, like the, the target dollar section, (laughs) um, like the little $3 things, but the bins were stackable, like the large bins. And then I got two colored, um, oh goodness, this isn't helpful, but like the, (laughs) Call them bins. <laughs> one of the stackable like wide ones like and i'm also looking over at the space trying to like be able to describe it and then the other ones are like for the binder like the file folders but i didn't really know what i was dealing with yet like i didn't have all the stuff because my fear was once i got all the curriculum and the books in they were just going to stack somewhere and then i wouldn't know what to do with them so i just i got some inexpensive things that i knew would work and i knew i had this filing cabinet that i had gotten under the desk already and sure enough, like. Once things started rolling in, I was like, oh, okay, like I can put this here. I can file this away there. I will need one little drawer for this. Like, that'll be helpful. I'll put this, like, on my side of the office or in my bedroom in a hideaway spot. Like, you start to kind of, like, just keep working through things because, like, I did not do well. This is a a total, like, squirrel moment, but I did not do well like, after the baby shower, when everything was in front of me, like, in the bedroom, and now it was, like, oh, god, now I need to organize this, like, in hindsight, if I had already just designated some hanging units in the nursery closet, and, like, done a few other, like, shelving things, then as things came in, I would have just, like, started tinkering, and putting things away, and hanging this here, and that there, rather than, like, seeing all the stuff, and then having to, like, Make the accommodations for it. So I don't know if that resonates or make any makes any sense. It was just sort of like a, a, a spur of the moment thing, but that's like the storage, the furniture. But then you've got to personalize it. Like involve your child in decorating and personalizing the space. Like this is what creates that sense of ownership and pride. I mean, Josiah had such a good time picking out the chair. I mean, the chair was like a whole a whole thing. um I won't. I mean, I should get into it today because it's it's this episode, but. He wanted a chair on wheels with arms because he wanted to be like mom. And I wanted something that was good ergonomically for a 90 degree angle. But I I knew it was going to be tough to get his feet on the floor in a wheelchair because, you know, in a wheelie chair, because he's got a, uh, is it a, a 30 inch high desk? Yeah. He's got the same as mine and it's just a straight, like, it's just a straight desk. Like it's like a fat a flat table. There's nothing to it. Um and we looked everywhere. I mean, I, I scoured online, Amazon, we went to a bunch of local stores here, and then I finally found something on Wayfair. But we were invested in that thing for like weeks. And it just it really makes it a lot of fun. And now he's super stoked about like the little whiteboard. And the whiteboard's like tucked behind a door. Um like None of it looks like super cute. We had to take the futon out that was in this little office space to be able to give him that dedicated space because I wanted open light. Like I could have made it work in the dining room or a couple other spots, but um, it was worth worth that sacrifice of space for me. But anyways, I say that to say like, I got him involved, get your kids involved. Okay, so the next one, I'm just going through my list here kind of quickly for the sake of time, is supplies within reach. Like, arranged frequently used supplies, like pens, pencils, paper, any type of art materials within arm's reach so that you're not disrupting lessons. You're not getting up, going back and forth for stuff. Like, you could strategically do it, you know, every 20 minutes if you're shifting lessons or something with an elementary age student for them to get up and move their body to go and get something. But make sure you know where it is. So, like, for me right now, I'm keeping – everything we need within reach at the desk just for the week. So I'm taking out pages of the workbook for his all about reading program for that week and putting them in a separate little binder that's in my area so that I'm only reaching for those. And I'm not also reaching for like the large teacher manual and then ripping the pages out. I'm cutting things in advance like that, that kind of stuff um technology setup if it's part of your homeschooling ensure that devices are charged they're ready for use the cables are organized the the chargers are put away to you know avoid clutter same thing with like digital tools like apps and online planners that you're scheduling lessons and tracking progress and staying organized like i have a lot of these resources in my new ebook on how to use ai effectively as a homeschooling aid so just as a side note it's available as a free bonus for anyone who takes advantage of the earlier bird special for the harvest program. Um, but while I was thinking about the technology and digital organization, like that's there for you too. But uh, the last one's like visual aids. So hang the posters and the calendars and, and a whiteboard. If you have space for just teaching and jotting down notes, organize all your curriculum materials, your books, your resources and label bins or shelves for easy retrieval Again, ensure that seating and desk kites are appropriate for your kids' age and size to promote comfort. But that's also to say, like, if you you have a wiggle worm, if you've got a kid who maybe has ADHD and you know that he was struggling in traditional school, and that's part of the reason why you took him out because of the focus, and he'll do really well sitting on the couch for part of the lesson and sitting over there, then plan that, but have a space for your stuff and then a, a plan for moving things where you need to be when you need to be it's just it's about staying within your goals what you need as a family but then still having your space flow logically right uh daily schedule you know display one that outlines the day's activities and breaks or in the very least like I don't have a schedule up cuz I just I, I don't need it we're only doing an hour and a half and that gets like overly organizational and finicky for me, but like other people thrive on that. But I I do go through the schedule for our planned activities with Josiah at the start of every lesson. Like here's here's how we're gonna approach it and here's what choice you have for today. You know, if it's math first or language arts first or whatever. And then just maintenance, you know, dedicate time each day or week to tidy up the homeschool space and ensure everything is in order. Like for me I set prep Sunday night and separate the materials and worksheets and then put them in his work bin daily because that's just how I need to operate right now with all the other things I have on my plate and y'all are the exact same way you have different things on your plate you might have multiple children that you're doing this for and it's just a necessary part so ultimately I want you to remember my mantra of if this stresses you out it's not time to do it okay pick one Good thing at a time and take the next best step because the goal of an organized homeschool space is to facilitate a smooth and efficient learning experience and this looks different for every single family. It's one of the challenges of doing an episode like this is that for some it can come across as like this prescriptive for like this perfect homeschool environment and that's not what I want it to be, especially as like a perfectionist in my own life and work environment. There are times where this kind of stuff is helpful. And it just gives me like little nuggets to pull from. And then there's times where it's disruptive and it might cause me more stress. So like, you know, yourself best. And my hope is that it's got little nuggets in it for everyone. Um, And if it doesn't like that's okay too. But some of these things are really important just to talk about and get a little bit of things from. So we do all this organizing. And we get our space all set up and then who's going to come in and mess it up, right? Like it's inevitable, the kids. So, how and why do we incorporate flexibility and adaptability into our planning and organization? Like we are blessed that homeschooling allows us to adapt plans and activities based on our child's progress and interests, but little roadmaps I think are still helpful, right? So flexibility is that cornerstone of successful homeschooling. I believe this is especially true for families with multiple children because while having a structured plan is essential, like being adaptable, is what allows you to be able to cater to those individual needs and interests of each chi- of each child. Like if you remember my analogy on the sleep training, like when you're consistent, the benefit is being able to pull away for nights out and not have this massive disruption because adapting plans involves being attuned to your child. And in this homeschooling instance, it's their progress and adjusting activities or pacing accordingly. So if a certain approach isn't resonating with one child, be open to exploring alternative methods, embrace teachable moments that arise unexpectedly, and just be able to, I think, allow for detours from that original plan if, and if it enhances their learning. Flexibility, I think, also extends to scheduling because it's perfectly fine to shuffle activities or take impromptu breaks if it leads to a more productive and enjoyable homeschooling experience. I think if we're cultivating an environment that values that adaptation, then you're empowering your family to navigate just this ever-involving landscape of homeschooling with confidence and joy and just enthusiasm. I mean, just yesterday, Josiah begged to do another reading lesson. This is the same kid who fought me tooth and nail every day this summer about doing it. Different program, different time of day now. Like, did it mess up my little perfectionist schedule I had? Yep but you know what? I embraced it. And man, was it awesome to just see him happy about his progress and excited to get to work. And I just hope the same for you. And what else? Like I think second to last is just for this, uh, whole episode because hopefully it doesn't seem all over the place. Um, I know like I've had to pause a few times just to gather my, uh, sniffles and, Breathing and stuff. So, hopefully, it's all coming together well. But I want to talk about time management and self care because each of these, while they're full episodes in and of themselves, balancing homeschooling with other responsibilities is still challenging. Like, time management becomes your ally in ensuring that you meet both your homeschool but also your personal commitments. And when it comes to homeschooling, managing your time is not just about staying on top of lessons and schedules, it's also a game changer for your own well being. Because efficient time management not only helps you plan the lessons effectively, but then also carves out the moments for you to catch your breath. (laughs) Oh, what a lovely analogy to what I'm experiencing now. Uh, But all all jokes aside, like just think of it as ways to create pockets of time for self-care, right? Those little small but precious moments where you're just recharging. Because whether it's indulging in a guilty pleasure read or taking a brisk walk or like whatever your cup of coffee without... Interruptions moment is like these breaks are that reset button for our energy, and I believe that that beauty is when you manage your time well. You're not only uh, enriching your homeschooling experience, but you're also showing your kids the importance of looking after yourself. Right, like that's a lesson that's just as valuable as any in the curriculum. And this other last piece is just about engaging your child in the planning process and. I think like, you know, what's really cool about homeschooling is it's not just about you being the teacher and your kid being the student, but it's a team effort. And by involving your child in the planning of their homeschooling adventure, like you're giving them a front row seat. It's like saying like, hey, this journey is ours. Like, let's actually navigate it together. And when kids have a say in what they learn and how they learn it, they're they're just going to become these little like education superheroes and they are all curious and eager. And, you know, it's not just about the subjects and the lessons. It's it's about life skills and organizing and deciding what's next on this, you know, little menu of knowledge and just being a boss at, like, managing our own time. Like, that's why we, so many of us at least, you know, got into homeschooling in the first place. So just invite them to the table. Let, let them see that learning just isn't a thing you do, that it's a place where their voice and choices matter, right? Let them scribble on the schedule, cheer for their ideas, because when you do, like you're showing them that they're part of this and, and trust me, like it's going to stick with them. And ultimately, like when children have a say in what and how they learn, they become much more invested and excited about their education. So, whew, okay. We covered a lot in this episode and hopefully it does not feel like a convoluted whirlwind. Um, Cause I think maybe for me recording it, it did but let's just run down the key takeaways that's gonna help you just rock this lesson planning and organizational game. And again, those key nuggets and steps to take. So first is building that foundation. I can't say it enough, but once you've got that educational philosophy, the homeschooling approach and your goal set, you are ready to master the planning and organization with much less likelihood of burnout, okay? Flexibility is your friend. Remember, homeschooling is not just about rigid schedules, it's about adapting and making it work for your family. And again, it's part of the difficulty in an episode like this, but consistency and flexibility is, I like to say, our favorite oxymoron, okay? Your space, your sanctuary. An organized homeschool space is not just about being tidy, guys, it's a springboard for that focused learning, it's canvas for creativity like but it's got to be your own and it's got to fit without means right like both budget and physical space like what if we don't have it like don't compare don't shame don't fret it's it's yours to own uh time management is self-care when you manage your time well you're not just efficient but you're carving out precious moments for yourself that's essential again like i'll say um, amongst everything I have going on right now. I'm homeschooling during the day. Granted, it's only an hour and a half, but it's during nap time of my two-year-old. So like I'm mentally spent, right? Like I'm overstimulated, I'm triggered, I've been touched, like all of that stuff all day. And then I'm working on the business in the evening. I'm teaching university course, like we've got church things going on. But when I plan effectively for my week and I organize my time and I communicate with my husband then i'm able to give myself these glimmers and these spaces and so whether that's extra bible or prayer time on certain nights or my my time at the church or my time for a walk in the evening when it's not like feels like 102 like it has been for 4 weeks in advance like even though i have this crazy schedule it's still self care for me because this is probably a whole other episode and and i didn't plan on like talking about this but I I sometimes get oddly passionate about like the whole self-care craze and like how we like need to make it this top priority and I think what it does is put additional stressors on us as moms to like give us this beautiful bountiful space for self-care and like Instagram and influencers make that like honestly honestly just like awful sometimes uh and so it's I, I want you to hear that it's not about a bubble bath with a bath bomb that you got at Christmas or having time for a pedicure. like those things are amazing, but like if you're in the thick of it, like me and you're just trying to wrap your brain a lot of stuff, and you're just getting started and you're overwhelmed, and there's just a lot of crap going on. Like you can still have those moments by planning and organizing effectively, right? And that's like literally the umbrella of this entire episode. And if you do that, and you manage that time, you can have that for yourself and your kids because they are the co-creators. Like involving your children in the planning is not just about subjects, but it's about empowering them, nurturing their interests and building life skills, right? And like these last takeaways like trial and error, enjoy. Like don't worry if things don't go exactly as planned. Homeschooling is a journey of discovery. We know that where even challenges Come with the lessons and the joy, okay? And just know that you've got this. Like, with a little bit of flexibility, sprinkle in that organization and just a whole lot of heart, you are well on your way to crafting an incredible homeschooling experience. So, there you have it, I think. Uh, your toolkit for lesson planning, organization, and just creating a learning space that's both productive and delightful. And please, please remember that your homeschooling adventure is uniquely yours. Like, no matter how you plan and organize, Lesson planning and organization, it's daunting at first, but with that right mindset, with that strong foundation, with some of these practical strategies, take what you need, leave the rest, okay? Like, you're going to find yourself navigating this homeschooling journey with more confidence and more joy, and remember, like, you're not alone. Like, that's why I try to share as much as I can, and I will continue to do so, and Lord help me. Like, I'm trying to get this Instagram going regularly because I have so much that I just want to share on a regular basis, but I'm an old, um, I'm an old millennial. I'm a, I'm a gen. Is it X? What's that middle? Like I'm 1983. All right. Like there it's, I'm that weird in the middle. And I use Instagram all the time and I know what I want to do for all these stories and stuff, but y'all like just doing the videos and the captions and like the techie part of it. I'm like, uh, and then I get like wrapped up in something else. So keep following us, keep a lookout. I have so much little helpful content and free guides and free stuff that I want to get out because you're not alone. And I want you to see me going through it as well because it's just, especially for like you new homeschooling families out there. Like these challenges are just part of the journey and every day is an opportunity to learn and grow together. And that's what I want is a community that's learning and growing together. And, you know, without thoughtful planning, flexibility, and that growth mindset, like you are going to be missing a whole lot of the joy in this journey, I think. So If you've got those things and you're starting, you're well on your way to creating that fulfilling and just successful homeschooling experience. I'm here with you and that's it. I took enough of your time. Thank you. (laughs) See you next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and join the waitlist for our Harvest program or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th, and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.